You shouldn't have said that, kitten. <laughs> Daddy is very angry. That, that, video, that picture is so good. Welcome again to another edition of the Late Late Capitalism Show. As always, it's me, Jesse. To my right, we have... It's Dean, folks. Uh, to my uh, up, uh, there is a buzzsaw going <laughs> yeah. off. Uh, we love our recording studio, folks. We have no complaints about it and its neighbors. Yeah, we've, we've never complained months. My name is Chance. <laughs> I'm your co-host, one of the many here. And last but not least, uh, the sweetheart, Miss... Megan. Megan wow. is here. Sweetheart. We're all here, folks. We're we're chilling. <laughs> we've had a time lately. Oh, buddy, buddy, has it been a time? Yes. Friends. I feel I feel like we've all been getting just nicely riled up. I think we need a little bit of a a, a session yeah. here. As as the wise man said, worked up. Oh, I'm worked up. <laughs> Before we we begin with That's the show true. proper, we will just offer our normal content and trigger warning. Uh, there's going to be foul language. We are going to talk about numerous instances of police brutality, as well as early on especially uh, instances of cultural genocide. We are also going to talk about secret police in general, as we know them currently, and as they were kind of formulated throughout the early 20th century. But before we begin all that, I would just like to offer my condolences to the family of Michael Brooks. If you are unfamiliar, uh, Michael Brooks was one of the leading leftist lights, both in the entertainment world as well as in the commentary world, an incredibly uh, empathetic and deep thinker who was, I know, at least speaking from my perspective, instrumental in helping push me leftwards and understand a more international brand of socialism. Someone who seemed to be beloved by every single aspect of the left, which is no easy task. I don't know how he managed to accomplish that, but the outpouring of support has been remarkable and he is someone who will be very dearly missed. So I know we have no interaction with him whatsoever, but hopefully if you are listening, our fans, please do look up the work he did, his two books, as well as the Michael Brooks show and his contributions to the Majority Report with Sam Cedar and just anything he was a part of. He was an incredibly powerful thinker and uh, his loss is a pretty devastating blow to the left in general. I actually had never heard of Michael Brooks before. That's fine. No, no, I'm just saying like where, where would I have uh, heard of him other than the Michael Brooks show? Probably if you follow like any kind of leftist podcast, he makes a guest appearance on pretty much all of them at some oh, yeah. point in time. Uh, same thing with like even comedy podcasts. Like the first time I encountered him was through Mike Racine, which was they did an episode talking about like famous fail sons in America, which was like John Gotti's son and like all the various oh, like yeah, mostly organized crime heirs <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, yeah. Uh, right. business enterprise children. And then I was like, oh, this guy's hilarious. And I just kind of followed the rabbit hole down there. And he did some, he wrote greatly about like the necessity of an international socialist caucus and the efforts of people like Lula in Brazil to uplift the poor. And basically he provided a lot more of a worldly 
take on socialism other than like the very Western centric stuff that most people on the left in this country and beyond. Yeah. Discuss. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know. You see that a lot in like current discourse regarding like leftism, uh, as like solely like Western leftism <laughs> as if nothing else had ever existed prior. <laughs> and one of the great things he does is talk about movements throughout the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, Africa, South America, yeah. all around the world. Like, that's where I learned about Patrice Lumumba. That's mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I learned about Allende. Like he did a lot of great work in just kind of expanding the scope of knowledge about socialism in general, but especially how it is tamped down by fascist forces and yeah. the means in which the powerful attempt to suppress any kind of actual popular grassroots uprising. Rest in peace, King. Also an incredibly funny guy. His impressions of Dave Rubin, Barack Obama, uh, are two of the funniest. Like he's he's gonna be so dearly missed and his Bill Clinton is so good. His Bill Clinton was yeah. phenomenal. Oh, yeah? Like this is someone who was able to bridge the gap between being le legitimately funny and also like earnestly caring about other yeah, people. Yeah, and a very wise thinker who was able to kind of synthesize big ideas and present them in more of a straightforward format, which I know resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And from all accounts, like even the like left YouTubers were like, oh yeah, when I was starting my channel, he was like, he would offer me support and like advice and was just like hugely uh, nice and influential in getting things off the ground. So that's a guy who truly did care about fostering and cultivating a better world and fostering and cultivating people along his same political access to, you know, help with that. I'm surprised. Is like I don't know. I've been on the internet a long time. Is there a left YouTube? Is oh, yeah. that like oh, a, I don't, don't have time to get into that. No, really. no, we we don't have to. I'm just like <laughs> I'm really, there's a whole community. I'm of, shocked hearing it. I don't really they call watch themselves it. bread tube. Uh it's sort oh. like there's two main classes of bread tuber. <laughs> okay. Uh there are people like contrapoints queen uh, queen of course uh people like h bomber guy and uh what's his name uh ian danskin uh who are you know like sort of s tier uh like they don't really call themselves bread tubers they just like put out videos about things that they think are interesting which is mostly right. like leftist politics and then there are like a whole cavalcade of like bread tubers who like wear the badge with pride and they all like collaborate and work together uh and it'll be like uh a bug's life is fascist propaganda um, and like that's like it's uh, like 20 minutes like interrogating like children's television while they're trying to make money yeah. off of it well like <laughs> yeah i like their their hearts are like they have like okay politics the only, it's just like they they're not good the only or one funny or smart right, i right. like is the guy who reads all the fascist books like uh he's like he's like oh here's my like full read through of camp of the saints and it's like look at how ridiculous this shit is yeah like jose is pretty good because he also read all of ben shapiro's short stories and is like look yeah. at this dog shit like this shit <laughs> it's fucking oh sucks. my yeah. god i and think they all exist for when contrapoints hasn't made a video in a long time and you're like dang i really want to watch a video essay because she only makes like one every four months so then you just watch all, everyone it, else's stuff which is all <laughs> bad compared to hers h bomber guy filler. is also really good though. and he sort of like kicked this off like a lot of the the bread tubers that i was sort of maligning before they all just want to be what h bomber guy especially was back like five years ago because so like, this has been around a while oh yeah it's been a thing it's but like bomber guy's whole thing scale, which was though. sort of genius at the time was um you know because like there was especially like during the beginning of like the trump uh like campaign and administration 
uh there were a like a cavalcade again like just so many like alt-right youtubers yeah uh who would post like 40 50 minute long videos of them complaining about like female ghostbusters or like just like nonsense pablum like cultural yeah. culture war shit like that like the angry video game nerd <laughs> yeah like like basically <laughs> the, the most yeah. notorious yeah. alt-right youtuber yeah like uh, s- similar like that guy to that style. <laughs> and, and what bomber guy did was he just like look watch these videos and then he would just like make fun of these people and like talk about like how sad and like a he would like pick apart their arguments like uh basically do what they do like oh i use logic and reason right right he would like read scientific papers and be like well this paper says the opposite so you're lying to people yeah uh and like they could basically he i don't want to say reach across the aisle but he used like the tools that of the alt-right against them yeah to get people who you know like are in that like cultural milieu milieu of like gamer gate yeah like uh like you know, misogynist, just like, oh, I want to be a smart, logical person. And it was like, if if you beat them at that game, then yeah. well, that's you, know, like, you convert people. That's what I've always said. You know, um, if I'm ever going to kill the rich parody, I'm uh, going to set money on fire and throw them in the fire. You got to get them. Oh, like Batman Begins. <laughs> I'm I'm the Joker, baby. Yeah, that would be right. The Dark Knight. You yeah, fool. yeah. Isn't there a yeah. part of SpongeBob where they shovel money into a furnace? That's the image that's coming into my mind personally. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's uh, what would what would some right wing pundits say? Uh, Serb. <laughs> <laughs> These gay sponges are taking all of our money. <laughs> They're turning the sponges gay. <laughs> I have talked about YouTube too much for today. I cannot bear yeah, to no, talk that, about yeah. it anymore. That's, yeah. that's it hurts fair. my brain. Totally understandable. It is literally a brain melting platform, and I only use it to watch Steven Crowder. So what? <laughs> Bro, that guy loves fucking putting on dresses. <laughs> he does it like that's in so every sick. other video. Yeah, it's so. But sick. again, we don't have time. The voice to of the think brain the from psychology. Arthur. The, of Steven Crowder? Of any YouTuber. I, oh, I want God, him on our show. Messed up. That'd be sick. Well, let's pivot into something that actually is substantive and matters. So, folks, Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're keeping Portland weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over the last, like... By any means necessary. It's been, like, That's two, actually what they're yeah. doing. They're bagging and tagging normies and removing <laughs> them from Portland. Yeah, right. seriously. They're yeah. secret police. If you're not riding a unicycle... Uh, or you know, smoking a comically large pipe. It's a uh, war against normies. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah, there's a war going on outside. Um, yeah, Portland, home of uh, Portlandia. Yeah, that's all I know. About <laughs> yeah, that was the joke we were doing. Damian Roy, uh, or sorry, Damian Lillard and Brandon Roy from the Portland Trailblazers. Shouts out. <laughs> shout out, shout out those boys. Those guys are sick as hell. Whoa. What was his What was his name? the The main guy in in Portlandia who's Fred really Armisen. Funny. Yes, he was married to Elizabeth Moss for a couple years. Did anyone know that? What they uh, hate each other? Smoke show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah, they Port, had a really bad lad. divorce. It's funny. <laughs> Sucks and, for him. Anyway, folks. Portland, alongside much of the nation and across the world, uh, after the death, the killing of George uh, George Floyd. By the police, the murder. Yeah, the murder of George F- Floyd by police. They responded with protests against police uh, in general and for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, this has been going on for like yeah. almost like over a month now. This is um, Two like months. Over two months. Just about the 26th. Yeah. 27th would be two months. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think we're at 50 days. 
Yeah. Or yeah. we were at 50 days yesterday. Which is by far the longest sustained action we've seen in our time. Yeah. Despite what people are saying, it isn't slowing down. No, this it's just that the just news just stopped covering it. Not, yeah. not even because they were bored or like it wasn't drawing eyes anymore. Because like any footage of police officers just firing into crowds indiscriminately yeah uh or you know um pushing an old man down to the ground and splitting his skull i saw that was kind of sick i saw a really interesting thing uh this morning which was they claimed to be shooting beanbags at the protesters yeah somebody got a hole like the guy who got hit in the eye they removed what it was was and it was a cloth filled with lead yeah 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 they aren't shooting beanbags they are shooting essentially covered buckshot at people yeah yeah yeah, it's sick. It's uh, what do they say? Non-lethal, yeah. non-lethal. Even though ammunition? this stuff can Definitely very easily could be lethal. kill oh, yeah. you if you get hit in the wrong way. By I, I don't even think it's called lead. non-lethal. It's called less lethal. It's it's kin- it's kinetic. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure it actually it is. is kinetic arms. Is that what they say? Where it's designed to like knock back. Yeah, not kill, but designed to cripple essentially. Yeah, incapacitate. Fucking hell. But yeah, a lot of people have lost their eye. Mm-hmm. I think we talked. We we brushed on that before. There's like uh, communities of people who have lost their eye. Yeah, partially sighted because during, of the police during these protests, and now they're all friends on Facebook <laughs> and and chat <laughs> and like yeah. they're like, wow, this makes it a lot easier to get through this because there's a lot of us out here who now only have one eye. But we are getting ahead of ourselves here. Uh, so Portland, along with the rest of the country, uh, has been protesting ag- straight for like fifty plus days now, and the news has stopped covering it. Uh, because they don't want you to look at it because they don't want you to know about it. Uh, that's why you listen to our show, so you get the real truth, folks. Yeah, we're not the lamestream media. Exactly. Uh, but things have been going crazy in Portland, more so than other places, it seems. Uh, police have been clashing with protesters uh, continuously. Uh, I'm I'm reading an article here by uh, Robert Evans, who is a a leftist reporter, uh, and uh, he's worked on the ground in war zones in Iraq and Ukraine, uh, as well as uh, covering far-right extremism groups. So he's very familiar uh, with, like, combat situations. What a, what a career choice. Yeah, no, he, he's he's a very, very cool journalist. I, yeah. I recommend following him What's his name on again? Twitter. Uh, Robert Evans. Robert Evans. Yeah. For all you folks listening out there. But he was, he was interviewed by the New York Times, uh, and... Uh, the way he describes it, uh, things in Portland were more more or less similar to other places in the country uh, up until July 4th. So on the 4th, there were uh, a, a group of they younger... They were ruining America Day. That's right. It had to be stopped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wrecked the backyard parties. Yeah. Uh, what, what happened was on the 4th, there were a group of leftists, like young uh, activists who had stockpiled thousands of dollars worth of illegal fireworks uh, for the 4th. Uh, <laughs> and then th- they went downtown to the Justice Center where the majority of the demonstrations take place and where the cops like uh, have put up uh, fences and walls and like it's basically occupied territory. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were like, it was 4th of July, so they're like drunk and hanging out. Uh, and then at random, cops began firing into the crowd uh, pepper spray, rubber bullets, what have you. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, uh, inspired by that, the protesters coalesced around the idea of firing the fireworks at the Justice Center into the <laughs> windows and stuff. Uh, oh, so, I didn't even hear about this. Yeah, this is no, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so here's a quote. 
You have law enforcement firing rubber bullets, foam bullets, pepper balls, and tear gas as crowds circled around the courthouse, firing rockets into the side of the building. This went on for a shockingly long time, running on a three-hour street battle. I couldn't tell whose explosions were whose, just a series of concussions. Uh, so three hours, three oh, hours. Fireworks. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's actually, that's, there was, there's another part, uh, in this article where Evans describes it to as close to a, like actual live combat scenario without real bullets. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Bes- Both besides the are... fact that like they are not using quote unquote real bullets, it's indistinguishable from actual war. Yeah. Uh, again, Jesus. like, it's like simulated yeah. war. But, like, also just as not dangerous. Su- yeah, not <laughs> entirely simulated. Yeah. Uh, so after that, uh, it's believed, like, this is sort of hearsay, but that the president started taking Portland and, and the yeah. protests there, like, not seriously, because he's incapable of serious thought, but personally. No, I, I He's can, like, this is an attack against me now. I can attest to that, because yeah. I remember reading a lot in the first week of July, even, bef- even prior to July 4th, where they're like, oh, we're going to clamp down on mm-hmm. the 4th yeah. of July to make sure that festivities proceed unabated yeah but yeah after that there was definitely an increase in rhetoric as well as like a movement of troops from the national guard as well as from the department of homeland security which are the guys we're going to talk about in just yes, a moment that, that's exactly but what it, i was going to bring these up. major cities but it's one of those things where he literally just went through like the channels on his tv and saw law and order svu or whatever <laughs> he was like started tweeting out immediately like law and order <laughs> yeah law and or- we need to clamp down and it's just like Geez. i love that show folks i have begun speaking to christopher maloney <laughs> <laughs> i'll be bringing him in <laughs> folks folks i've hired jack bauer he's out of retirement not the nasty ice yeah, cube yeah. though yeah i was gonna say ice tea he's so unfair to me yeah <laughs> Speaking of YouTubers, Tabuscus was on that show once. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He keeps hilarious. saying, like, level up, level up, while yeah, some girl's getting abused in the bathroom. That was horrible. That was the gamer episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they had a gamer episode. It's, it's really funny because he's up. done that in real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. W- he wasn't acting. Art imitating life, really. <laughs> it was actually a documentary. <laughs> Fucked up. Uh, anyway, so after July 4th, uh, the feds come in. Uh, they're sent in there by one could imagine trump but at least like some other like fascist crony um and the feds get extremely brutal in portland and still are uh again from like interviews with evans and other protesters that i've read uh no one's afraid of the cops in portland anymore no because the cops like a like if you get like tear gassed and rubber bulleted enough uh, you sort of get desensitized yeah, to it. it stops. Also, you can just tie their shoelaces together in the trip. <laughs> that's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did that actually happen? No. Yeah. Oh, you, I was gonna say, you can that's point sick. over your shoulder and say, "Oh, there's a, a sweet-looking broad." If, <laughs> if, if a cop comes up to you and says, "Hey, where'd they go?" and then you point your fingers in opposite directions and say, "They went that way," their head, they, their yeah, heads just implode. explode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which which is what the protesters have been doing in self defense. Yeah, they, they they've been utilizing cop trick tactics. Yeah. <laughs> cop mind tricks the yeah. whole way through. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> besides the cops being generally stupid, they also like there's a predictive rhythm, a predictable rhythm to how they operate. Mm. Uh, like the protesters will like you know chant and parade parade around and uh, whatnot. And the the cops tear gas you, you fall back. You like you sort of get used to the rhythm of it, how these nights go. Uh the this feds Exactly. That's what I was thinking too. No, we'll get this is Yeah, we're gonna get strike, sued, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh 
the the feds because they're military trained operate like a military which is to disorient and confuse uh to make your enemy like weaker so uh the the feds break these rhythms deliberately uh they will attack small crowds uh, they will like people sitting on lawns and grasses, just eating and talking. They will come in, grab you, beat you with sticks mm-hmm. and haul you away in vans. I don't know if you want to yeah. talk more about that. So there, there's actually a video that I retweeted on my personal account that I can retweet on the podcast account of well. And this is uh, not from Portland, but from San Diego in the similar time period, which is just like a woman being arrested as her friends are like filming to make sure that she doesn't get, you know, fucking brutalized. Yeah. And then. They just grab her and throw her into an unmarked van, and they respond by saying, "If you follow us, we will shoot you." And they yeah. just peel out with three, two van, one van yep. behind, one van in front, unmarked. The just, people, like the people wearing military fatigues yep. and military no fatigues. Yeah, I was no identification names. on them. So, so the thing with the identification too is that um, these, from what I've seen, the uniforms that they're wearing actually do have badges on them, oh. but they cover them. <laughs> They purposefully cover the badges so that it's untraceable. Yeah. Well, they they don't want a big brother like uh, information state. That's yeah, right. that's true. They d- yeah. they want to protect their privacy, which, which is a line that the Seattle PD went with <laughs> oh, a couple months yeah. ago. They're like, oh, we don't want to like you walk show around our officers yeah. badge numbers. Yeah, because we don't want uh, you know people uh, being able to track them to hold uh, them accountable. Yeah. Well, like I think they were specifically like the like sort of like NSA like big government stuff. Yeah. They're like, I don't think the government mayor. should have that information. It's like, yeah. On the police about officers. their cops yeah. that are funded yeah. from the government. Oh, that's horrible! Oh I hate that. It was they a liberal mayor. That. Yeah. yeah, it was like legitimately the liberal mayor of Seattle was like, well, uh, but yeah, most of these guys <laughs> are Department of Homeland Security goons. Thank you so much, George W. Bush. Uh, I hope something very bad happens to you in an indistinct manner, so I cannot be uh, criticized for saying it. Yeah, yeah. I hope but someone shits on your art. Eventually, George W. Bush, you're going to be sucking tapeworms out of the devil's ass in hell, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. I, yeah. hope, I hope something happens to you soon. And allegedly. I'll be there. Imagine like half of your taxes going to these departments and then they just come and they beat you up and they throw you in a van. That's you don't so have sad. to imagine. Yeah, it. no, that's. Haha. <laughs> 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 Could you imagine that? No, I'm saying. Yeah. Half of our Put taxes don't in that go to mind the military, frame. so I'm happy about that. But that fucking sucks. Yeah, it's like to get it completely point. used against you, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there are these unmarked goons just grabbing people and taking them to warehouses and non-official police precincts and just. It, it's more right now a tactic of terror and menace than yeah. it is They'll a even, sustained effort to incarcerate people. They'll even take you to uh, courthouse basements because the courthouse has decided that they weren't going to let you in. Mm-hmm. So they get an insurgent to take a key to the basement so that they can do all their bidding in the basement after hours and hence why they're out at night. Yeah. But this is, make no mistake, the first step towards something very sinister. And we know this because this has been happening for the better part of 70 years yeah i heard that portland was like a test case because it's the right size and the right like Mm -hmm. makeup of political divisions or whatever to to say like would this work in the rest of the country if like we can get away with secret police in in portland like without without americans complaining like could we do it other places and what's interesting is you're right this is definitely a test case in america but the test case for america you could argue was established in the aftermath of the second world war because we're going to talk a very brief CIA lightning round of the oh, secret God. police forces they established. First up, in Greece, after the Second World War, the Communist Party rose to power legitimately because 
they weren't the fascist party, and they yeah. were offering the people of Greece a very ambitious rebuilding process. Well, of course, the CIA, not called the CIA at this point, but rather the OSS, intervened and arrested all of the communist political parties and helped install a fascist government in Greece, which reigned for the better part of two decades. Congo, 1960s. Patrice Laumba is a pan-Africanist. He is appealing to... More, he's more so an independent than I would even say like a left populist. Right, right. But he's calling for decolonization, the privatization of Congo's resources. The CIA is not happy about this. One such assassination plot they had a t they had planned for him. And you can tell this is why the CIA was in with organized crime because this is something out of like Dick Tracy. Yeah. yeah. They created poison <laughs> toothpaste that they were going to give to him. And I that was how they were going to kill him. I hate the CIA. Well, because they're like <laughs> evil and bad. They're so fucking stupid. But they're so yeah. fucking dumb. And what's interesting is they criticized <laughs> Lumumba for allying with the Soviet Union, despite the fact that before that he had gone to Canada and the United States and said, hey, here's our very ambitious project. We're just simply requesting some technicians to help us get our grid up and running and then like a little bit of financial support. And they both said, yeah, fuck off. So then he went to the Soviet Union. They're like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And they were like, what now, the, what now the we fuck? Have, now we have to kill you. If I ask Dean out on a date and he says no, he can't get mad at me for asking Chance. You had your shot, motherfucker. And, and then you, we're all happy, You turned too. us away. Jesse has so now I'm going to get my back walls blown out by Khrushchev. <laughs> You're going to get your Damn guts it. rearranged but, but by the USSR. But in this scenario, Dean would want you dead regardless, and you asking yeah. Chance out is just him being like, great, all right, now I have a reason. Yeah. That's true. It's something to write down. But that's a th they didn't necessarily even... Like, he wasn't a communist, though, is the thing. Like, he wasn't a natural enemy. But if he, he was, was remotely, like, arguing for decolonization and, like, tariffs and, like, any sort of... National protection not for just their allowing resources, himself to be dominated. Th then the U.S. and Canada would be like, "I want you to fuck." Yeah, I actually guy. think it was more pressure from Belgium because Belgium was the one who were like, "Oh, like the U.S. genuinely, for what? the most part, didn't care." It was until Belgium was like, "Hey, can you?" Yeah, exactly. Take care I was gonna of this say, what us? year was this? Because like, uh, this would have been the early 1960s. I was, because I was after gonna say what what he's fighting for kind of like transcends the 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 big scares at the time, which was like, what was it, the the red curtain or whatever? Oh. Yeah, the the, 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 I, yeah, the, the iron, iron curtain. curtain. The iron curtain. Is that what I'm thinking of? I'm yeah. thinking of uh, like the communist wave, the red scare. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like, domino theory. The Cold War in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah. Which and, is, and like, um, but to reiterate, like he also wasn't pro-Soviet Union. He was no, literally but that's just what I like, mean. We should be an independent country. I don't care. His ideas of like self-sustainability is like transcends that idea of communism. So yeah, in nineteen developmentalism, which is where all the southern cone probably comes from later. The right? US yeah. uh was supporting the US and Belgium uh supported the rise of Luumba's own like military general, a guy who you may have heard of, uh by the name of Joseph Mobutu. They supported his rise to power and his coup and capture of Luumba. Oh. The fear in Congo was that with JFK being elected and he was about to be inaugurated, he was going to very publicly demand the release of Luumba, which he had stated on record that he would do. So they executed him three days before JFK was inaugurated into the presidency. Yeah, And then Mobutu ruled uh, Congo as a violent military dictator who would, who would imprison his political opponents and kill them with a secret police force that was trained by the CIA yeah, yeah. for 30 years. Brazil, 1964, CIA-backed military coup of the democratically elected Joao Goulart led to decades of military rule in Brazil, where they would capture, interrogate, and kill leftist political agitators trained by the CIA. Indonesia, 1965, the Jakarta method. as very oh, yeah. famously covered in Vincent Bevan's book, The Jakarta Method, 
the democratically elected leader of yep. Indonesia was forced out of power and replaced with an outright fascist. But that specifically, the thing that's interesting about Jakarta and like from then on, like the U.S. military and the CIA would refer, refer to it as the Jakarta method yeah. and would instruct other like nation fascist movements on it because it works. Uh, is like straight up like a genocide of left-leaning socialist communist people. Yes. They oh, yeah. they would target union leaders, union members. There was like 16-year-old girls who like were like were part of a union because they worked at some like uh textile, textile factory plant. uh would be like kidnapped and killed uh just to terrify the the public and the population and make them stay away from anything remotely leftist yes as early the estimates uh put the figures killed by uh suharto at between five hundred thousand and one million yeah civilians. i heard it yeah. was like over a million or and something. it very like, well could be these are very fuck. conservative estimates and like th this is like not only uh like people trained by the u.s government and instructed by the u.s government but in some cases u.s government officials themselves mm -hmm. enacting this violence yeah but george on bush civilians. was out there mm-hmm in 1966, the Ramparts magazine, which is a left-leaning publication, uh, released a series of articles covering the CIA in which they detailed that uh, the CIA had paid the University of Michigan $25 million to hire, quote-unquote, professors to train South Vietnamese students in covert police operations. Mm. MIT and other universities also received similar payments. So this is the first real proof of the CIA just outright training fascists yeah. and on how to create police forces. Bolivia, 1970. Don't yeah. worry, we're almost there. This is just a small sampling. Yeah. After half a decade of CIA-inspired political turmoil, the CIA-backed guy Juan Torres finally took power over, or sorry, Juan Torres uh, was overthrown by Hugo Banzar, and he would have over 2,000 political opponents arrested during his yeah. run as a dictator. The same thing happened even recently in Bolivia with yes, Evo Morales. Evo Morales was yeah, deposed... Morales by the OES, the Fair Election Society, and all the liberals would tell you, oh, this wasn't a coup, this was a democratic... No, this was very clearly a coup. And Janine Inez, who is a hard-right religious conservative yeah. fascist, yeah. Hates came indigenous in, people. Oh, she has pledged to purge yeah. Chile, or sorry, uh, Bolivian society of and, the indigenous people. And in some it. background, 41% of people who live in Bolivia are indigenous. indigenous. Yeah. Yes. And she wants to purge the indigenous wow. people. And Evil Morales made um, indigenous women's marketplaces a thing again, which yes. it hadn't in the previous governance because it was outlawed. And he brought it back. And apparently these women were so stoked and like the indigenous community was thriving. And that's why uh, the, the U.S. actually backed like a revolt against Morales yeah. by spreading misinformation, saying that he was tied to like drug trade and stuff like that, when really... Uh, he was tied to like coca, um, like grow ops and stuff like that because it had to do with traditional indigenous, uh, like mm. economy. Yeah, it had nothing to do with cocaine trade. Similar tactics would be used on Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela, but because Juan Guaido was so fucking incompetent, he couldn't get it together. That has failed so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. Very funny. Chile, nineteen seventy-three. <laughs> Joseph, are uh, yeah, Allende is removed from power and killed by the CIA yep. on September eleventh, nineteen seventy-three, replaced by Augustus Pino, Augusto Pinochet, who would spend the next. 30 plus years. Uh, that's the helicopter meme Didn't where right wingers like... would, would throw leftists set of helicopters into the jungle below, killing them. One yeah. of yeah. history's greatest pieces of shit who uh, I would love to piss on his grave. And they Man, like brought we... like leftists, like every leftist they could find and then put them in like soccer stadiums so, yeah, and then it massacred was a, them. A soccer stadium that. where they were tortured 
and interrogated for days and then like executed on mass yeah. like sh- firing wave style this Honduras in, <laughs> yeah. in Chile Chile in the oh, 1970s fuck El man. Salvador 1980 you may have heard of this one it was the El Mazote massacre where essentially yep. yep. right wing supported uh, <laughs> military fascists would round up left wingers including very famously priests and uh, just murder them rape the nuns bodies buried in mass graves everyone just it's you, you can it's, you can yeah. see the pattern by this point and yeah then, yeah exactly honduras 1983 the cia gives the honduran military officers the quote-unquote human resource exploitation training manual which teaches them how to torture people the battalion 316 then uses these techniques with the cia's full knowledge on thousands of left dissidents with conservative estimates putting that over 200 killed specifically by battalion 3 battalion 316 alone i was gonna say if i if i remember correctly that's actually the same manual that they used in guantanamo bay when it came to as a matter of fact it is yeah yeah when it came to um interrogations with uh, possible terrorists. Now, I want you guys to keep this in mind because we are going to take it back in history just a little bit and talk about the early days of the RCMP, but I want to make a connection known now. In the 1970s, the RCMP and the CIA collaborated and the RCMP officers were trained by the CIA officers ah, on cool. intelligence <laughs> operations. Yeah. The CIA was also involved in several... Uh, small-scale elections within Canada connected by a guy who used to work for Howard Hughes who had an, an agency set up specifically to buy influence in American elections as well. So if you think the CIA is just a uniquely American problem, it's not. A lot of the shit the RCMP does that we're going to cover uh, directly is pretty much from the playbook. Can I close off the CIA by saying someone made a funny tweet that was, oh, American oil is doing well, so they got to occupy themselves. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. That might have been Dave Anthony, who has an incredible yeah, podcast. I that have, I you, have you guys seen, uh, before we get into the RCMP stuff, have you guys seen, um, <laughs> you probably haven't because it's such a dirtbag community. So ANCAPs oh, yeah. are pissed right now Yeah, um, because they think leftists are dumbasses for saying... Um, you know, where is the standing up to tyranny now that the secret police is in Portland literally, like, scooping people off the street? Like, this is a tyrannical government, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're like, where are, you know, the right-wingers? Where are the libertarians, the people that <laughs> wanted, you know, to be... That that literally said the whole entire time the point, purpose of, yeah. like, gun rights... To defend yourself yeah. against the government. Is to defend yeah. yourself against From the government. Tyranny. And it's like, where are you now when it works... Uh, in your favor. They're in their bunkers eating Goya beans. <laughs> no, they specifically <laughs> like that leftists no, are getting brutalized. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, and have tweeted as such. Yeah. And like uh, the thing with libertarianism is like a lot of the uh, like leftist beliefs align actually. Mm-hmm. The problem with libertarianism is when it becomes trivialized with like right wing conservative ideals and not just like anti-government control mm-hmm. um like it, it's well, so I think that's cl- it's anarchism so cl- versus libertarianism yeah y- pretty much mm. like a lot of libertarians just want there to be like they're like yeah government is necessary but just like a little bit and like don't let them do things to us and like if you're really a libertarian you're not anti-gay 
because like that's infringing on people's yeah. rights and like the government has no need to do that and like th- th- a lot of really neat things but then it gets turned into like the tea party where it's literally just like let us do whatever we want and yeah. make tons of money off these businesses and oppress people like right wing beliefs just make literally no sense like yeah. there, there is no logic <laughs> well, at no, all to so connect there, any there of their beliefs there is an inherent logic it's yeah. the support of capital it's just so, yeah. so and caps exactly. but everything they say contradicts each other but yeah but that yeah. doesn't fucking matter it's, it's, it no, doesn't matter what you say at it's, all it's I all know noise. like they exist yeah. only to propel the needs of cap which is the same thing yeah. liberals do they also pre- exist yeah only no to like one time we should definitely go into like the history of uh, conservatism versus liberalism i think that would be a good There's episode a lot of overlap yeah <laughs> there is yeah so like ancaps are pissed because they're like oh uh like uh you're asking for us to step in when the government oversteps but all of you leftists have kept asking for big government and now you got it and you're mad yeah hilarious ah right here's the thing here's the thing about ANCAPs they're idiots and you don't pay attention to them yeah they have nothing of value to contribute other than I don't know food for the worms when they die from eating (laughs) 7,000 McDoubles or from working in an unregulated work site I I would feel bad for the worms yeah yeah and like their children are working like asbestos factory jobs at age 8 everyone just an editing update uh we were originally going to make this episode about the history of the rcmp but we had a lot more content than we anticipated so i'm actually going to release that as an hour-long bonus episode this week i've pulled one part from it here uh, that relates to uh, the rcmp and the cia working together so if you find this interesting please check out the rest of the history that jesse goes into on our bonus episode so To recap the RCMP so far, their early days were dedicated to terrorizing indigenous people and clearing way for the railway. Mm -hmm. Their first ever action was a colossal clusterfuck that almost resulted in the death of 300 people and cost them thousands of dollars in terms of resource. Classic. Anyone's first time playing Oregon Trail ends up the same way. Even worse, though. (laughs) Everyone got dysentery. The early, the late 1800s, they spent uh, supporting colonial interests in South Africa and at home. Yep. The early 1900s, they spent uh, interning Eastern European immigrants. The mid-1920s, uh, they spent cracking down on labor dissidents. And the 1930s, they spent uh, imprisoning communists. And now we are moving towards the Second World War, where they would mostly be used as, you know, uh, flotsam for the military force. Yeah. And things would kind of quiet for the RCMP at this point. They were involved in the war. Things were busy. We pick our story back up around the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of Canadian history that I would encourage you to uh, explore more yourself. We're going to be talking about the fruit machine. Are you guys familiar with the fruit machine at all? No. No, I actually have never I heard of this. familiar with the fruit so machine. So I was made aware of this in high school uh, by one of the actual few great teachers I had. It was the first Gaydar. That's right. He's oh, not even... no. Yeah. There actually is a documentary that is available for free on the CBC website that I do highly recommend you watch. It's about an hour and a half, and that's where I gleaned most of this information from. I believe it's just called The Fruit Machine. Is, so, that, what, is that what they called it? That yeah. was the name the RCMP gave to it. Oh, that's gross. So, after the Second World War, the RCMP would create their security service. A special branch responsible for, here's a, here's a term that's familiar, homeland security. Oof. 
and surveillance operations. One of their first and biggest assignments was to eliminate, and this is a quote, all homosexuals from the civil service. Wow. How would they like do what? this? So, By civil official, service, like any federal employee, or are you saying like from any just government the RCMP? Role. Oh, okay. Any government role. Post office. Mm. Post uh, office, you're gay? If you're a public servant, whoosh, you're out. Man, if... Fuck. if Mailmen can't be gay. What kind of society are we even living in? So you might be wondering why the fuck are they doing this and how did they get away with it? The official justification given is that because these individuals, if they were gay, they were more likely to be blackmailed by, you know, the Soviet Union into revealing state secrets. That was the justification given is, oh, well, if we have gay people working for us, they're going to be blackmailed by the Soviet Union and flip. Because they have a secret or whatever. Yeah, because they're they're ashamed of the fact that they're gay. And being homosexual is still criminalized at this point in the 1950s. Mm. We're going to to jail jail you because you're ashamed of the fact that you're gay. Pretty much. So it was theorized that the only way to... They were looking for a way to wean these people out of the civil service and they employed a man by the name of dr frank wake a psychology professor from carleton university who they would then send to the u.s specifically to quantico virginia to the fbi headquarters to study their interrogation methods and one such thing he found was a basically think of it as similar to like kind of like a polygraph but also kind of like the machine from uh what is it a clockwork orange oh (laughs) even this was what frank wake created was essentially yes in primitive terms a gaydar but it was referred to by the rcmp as a fruit machine think of a dentist's chair yeah they would strap you in and they would have screen they had a they had like a projector and screens visible. Oh, oh okay. They would then force you to look at these screens where they would play illicit images. Usually, you know, if you were a man and they suspect you were a homosexual, they would yeah. show you, you know, dicks and balls and hot men and ass. That sounds they would, so good. I know. I'm not against <laughs> I'm not <laughs> against a, being shown. Are any that. of these uh, still around? Yeah, yeah. It's called the it's called the Ludovico technique, if anyone's yes. wants to look into it. That's when they, they force your eyes open and force you to watch. Speaking of the eyes, they would then study one of the ways in which they could tell you were gay is if your pupils dilated. They said, oh, well, clearly if your pupils dilate, you're interested in that. That's sick. You gay. You gay. Yeah. That's so cool. Of course, this was not anywhere close to a scientific method. Your pupils will dilate when they're being held open (laughs) in general. And and then light is shining. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, what's going on here? Every person is gay. That's right. (laughs) Hey, fellas, is it gay if your optic nerve works? (laughs) They've got like, one of the RCMP agents gets captured by the the Soviet Union and like he's like chained to a chair and as they come in, they just put a flashlight on the table and he starts like freaking out. <laughs> no, God, no. I'm not no! gay. <laughs> I'll tell you what you want. Just don't say I'm gay. Bro, you gay. <laughs> there was no pause there. Bro, you very gay. That is some high key sus. If, you, if your eyes react to flashlight, that is feminine traits, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to guess how much the RCMP spent on this in total in no. money at the time what in 1960s this, this is the 50s and 60s dude uh, you want me to build you a gay chair i can build you a gay million. chair for like 10 no. bucks <laughs> so they paid dr frank wake forty thousand dollars and the machine itself cost eighty thousand dollars to make and use oh Ooh. my god like i said i can make you a gay chair for free Wait, how many want. of these machines do they have not a ton oh man i, I like the idea so, that they're like there was a theater. Their entire budget. Could you imagine, like, 
you know how like people you know uh i've i'm on the waiting list to like use this mri machines can take like two weeks until it's ready it's like oh man i wait two weeks until i find out whether i'm gay or, or not, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the rcmp <laughs> at least realized oh this isn't working great so instead they switched to traditional methods of uh blackmail and surveillance so, yeah just normal where, torture and you know what they would do they did exactly what they accused the soviet union of doing they blackmailed the people they discovered were gay into leaving the civil service of course there was literally yeah. no reason for it other than a reason to remove gay just people. gay panic yeah. it was and you can look at the propaganda psas from the time in which homosexual men are conflated to pedophiles and obviously homosexual women aren't even talked about yeah you can very clearly see what the actual intent of this was and the rcmp would force hundreds of people out of their jobs and blacklist them and you can look for a similar parallel in the united states at the time which was joseph mccarthy's red lists mm -hmm. and you can see the kind of damage that was done by this conservative right-wing style of uh, political and personal persecution so let's move into the 1970s this shit is gross man yeah i'm feeling i feel icky so i just want to go home crack a cold one sit in my fruit machine <laughs> I was gonna th there is one funny anecdote from this that will make you laugh but this is more uh just general incompetence so we're first there's two things i want to touch on in the 1970s uh, right. the first is the cia rcmp connections which we alluded to earlier and the second is in brief we're going to talk about the rcmp's actions during the october and like flq crisis in quebec in the oh. early 1970s it's, it's because this is where it gets to like extreme incompetence it, it's so interesting because i was literally laying in bed and talking about the flq last night <laughs> brother i love <laughs> I, was I was sitting there looking my girls uh into her sweet sweet eyes and i was like yeah so like um uh, What's your stance on the FLQ? <laughs> you wait, you ha you hadn't had the FLQ talk yet. That's, That's right. the first thing we Usually and Megan talked about. Nah, like we we decided to wait to burst the FLQ bubble. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> you you can't really lock that down before you know whether they're a separatist. Well, yeah, exactly. I was like, so uh, where did you vote? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Were you yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> so we touched on the CIA and RCMP connection very briefly earlier, where we mentioned that the CIA explicitly trained the RCMP's security service on yeah. intel techniques. Uh, did you also know they trained members of the Canadian Army? And they also provided, quote unquote, guidance to Canadian diplomats and foreign affairs officials. Wait, wait, wait. Guidance? That means they essentially told them what they should do to benefit the CIA in the oh. United States. For example, if you were like, oh, I don't know how where I settle on a tariff to Zimbabwe, they're like, you're going to support it or you're going to put Wait, sanctions so, against it. So, so the CIA, so the RCMP trusted the CIA with this. So, oh. Oh, so yeah. the RCMP goes and they're like, wow, you're really good at this like counterintelligence <laughs> stuff. We'll listen to anything yeah. you have yeah. to say. Could you much. run our country's police yeah. force? <laughs> for us, well, name a time when the U.S. told us to do something and we were like, no. Open the border. The Never. Iraq war, basically. Literally open the border a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> fine. The CIA <laughs> was also compiling dossiers on high ranking Canadian officials in what was known as Operation Featherbed in case any of these guys went rogue and did something that angered them uh. so they had files on like every single major major canadian politician and they were all gay it was crazy that's right <laughs> <laughs> brother are you gay <laughs> uh 
There were also numerous accusations of political interference from the CIA and RCMP during key provincial races in 1970 to 1976, the main connection being a guy by the name of John H. Meyer, who was a wealthy ex-Nixon aide. He left just mm. before Watergate happened, if you want. Ooh, yeah. I like finally a smart guy in the Nixon uh, And Dean's eyes himself. lit up. His pupils John almost dilated H. there. Meyer was a longtime business partner of Howard Hughes, to tell you the company this guy kept. And the Hughes oh. organization was essentially like a front for the CIA. Yeah. So when they got involved in Canada and provincial races started swinging in a certain direction, people were like, what the fuck? Famously, Sven Robinson, who is a longtime NDP MP, was like, it's so clear what's happening here. And then the RCMP did an investigation on themselves and found themselves innocent. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Which is not well, the first time we'll be the, saying that. And then they asked, yeah. the, they asked the CIA if it was a good idea, and the CIA said yes. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so there is one other RCMP-CIA connection. So there was something called the RCMP Intel Crisis of 1971. Essentially, there was a mole within the RCMP feeding information to the Soviet Union. Yeah. CIA chief Jesus James Angleton. <laughs> that is his name. Not Jesus? No. Nope. It's like Jesus? Like he was English and yeah. his name was Jesus? That's how I've always Wild. heard it pronounced. That's fucking sick. Uh, asked the RCMP to investigate a guy by the name of Leslie James Bennett, who was a leftist politician uh, who had connections to another former RCMP defector. So you can at least understand, like, okay, yeah, if there's anybody that's a rat, it's probably the guy who's friends with the actual rat we had back in the day. Sure. Uh, the RCMP, operating on this hot tip, spent the next 10 years smearing and spying on Bennett, completely destroying his personal life. They caused his divorce. They caused all sorts of nastiness. It was later discovered that the mole was Gilles Brunet, the son of an RCMP assistant commissioner. So what's Cool. So the CIA yeah. basically ruined this guy's life, and the RCMP would get sued for it and lose. Yeah. Oh, they lost that? Oh, yeah, they as had far to as things that the RCMP and CIA have done, though, yeah. that's a tame. Another connection between <laughs> yeah, that's the true. CIA and Canada, but the RCMP as well, is obviously MKUltra. A big part of it was at, I believe, McGill University. Oh, my God. So, yeah. 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 MKUltra is a, that's another a fun episode. rabbit hole to get into. It's deeply upsetting. It's also I was really, actually part of those tests. It's also, uh, if you look up MKUltra by Negative XP, it's a really terrible incel surf rock band. Oh, yeah, it's, I it's, didn't know there was such a thing as incel surf rock. It's disgusting. <laughs> don't actually look into it. No. The music is oddly good, but like, don't don't look into it. Noted. It's a bad idea. I think it's important to uh, think about what Jesse's brought up about the CIA and the RCMP uh, in regards to what is happening happening in Portland. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because like it might like at least maybe before uh, everything that we've spoken about today, it might seem sort of hyperbolic or, you know, pearl clutchy or hysterical, what have mm. you uh, to be like 
uh oh like the the u.s government is a fascist state mm-hmm. in like enforcing fascist rule uh over its own citizens literally like, it's, it sounds crazy yeah. to say yeah it's you sound like a nutso when you say things yeah. like that or or like if you say like uh all of the things that they fought against when it came to like the ussr and like the policing that they did or like cuba and the policing that they did they're literally doing right now and then people are like oh well it's not the same like constantly. Yeah. no it, yeah. it is exactly the same yeah, yeah and, it's quite literally the and same like as, as megan brought up that uh seeing portland as sort of like a testing ground mm-hmm. uh for this kind of policing and to see like will the american public care if we brutalize our citizens who are doing nothing wrong yeah. if we take them away and they really don't and they don't and they don't at okay. all because they, and, they and, and trigger at, the libs yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, yeah, it's not me getting yeah. taken away. It's the it's like, the libs. yeah, it's the libs. libs, like weeds smoking leftists. I don't yeah. care, but uh, like as like Portland is a training ground for that sort of thing domestically. Uh, I think it's safe to say the the coups and uh, like violent force that has been used uh, across Southeast Asia and South America uh, by the CIA. Uh, the Jakarta method, if you will, um, was a training ground uh, for Portland. Uh, like th- this, yeah. this is an ongoing thing. Yeah, the these are not there. separate ideas or separate events. Yeah. And like, uh, it again, it seems crazy, but like, it's something to think about. Uh, you know, like having leftist opinions and posting leftist thought on Twitter or having a leftist podcast. Uh, you know how. Whether or not you're endangering yourself or or outing yourself in some way, it sounds crazy. Oh no, it's not. They but abs- it's not. They still, to this very day, have like lists of people that they're monitoring within the country. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're someone with any kind of like substantial leftist opinion or substantial leftist following, they absolutely know who you are and who you're in contact. And with. I can tell you this is a fact because I had a friend who went to work for the Department of Defense that specifically is like, we can't be friends anymore because of the people you associate with and your beliefs. It was yeah. me, which is fine because if they ever get to a position of power, I'm going to burn them. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking can't wait, yeah, brother. If you're a spook, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> if you're a spook, you're listening to this right now. I challenge you to like actual combat in a parking lot. I'm gonna break Ooh. your little egghead. Hell yeah! He's referring, of course, to Scooby Doo villains. I will tell uh, you, people exactly. who wear costumes uh, and hang out in amusement parks to scare Alex. I children. know. I know you're listening. To this. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta bleep that. You little bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add? I would just like to say, like, this is not, at, like, as we've learned from the RCMP, uh, this is not exclusively an American problem. No. Canada has it's just as many here. problems with this. And also America likes to make the world its problem. <laughs> yeah. That's as, we've, as we've heard, right? Like, they, they're willing to, you know, if, uh, if a country's in turmoil of any kind, they're willing to just move on in, step in and uh, flap their dick around a little bit and, you know, like we all do. But uh, instead, it's it's to the detriment of the people rather than a fun party joke. That's right. So thank you all for listening to another edition of the Late Late Capitalism Show. Uh, we will be having a slight departure from normal form coming in the next few weeks as we actually have uh, some substantial local issues that we wish to cover. We do. So we do. It's gonna it's gonna be a bit of work to but. that. But uh, our, we're very excited. about I it. believe it's either next week or the week after. We'll obviously keep you all up to date. 
Uh, we're going to have a pretty intense show. Yeah. It's not going to be <laughs> it's, quite as... Let's say the last half of the show was a good idea to prep you on what's going on. It's not going to be a laugh riot. It's <laughs> going to be a more serious... We got, yeah, we normal. got some things to talk about. But we appreciate you all for listening. We hope you stay safe. We hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Keep it real.